Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Hi, and welcome to another episode of HR in 15. I'm Melissa Yanalko, Client Success Specialist here at Prestige PEO, and I'm your host again for today's episode. I am so excited to be welcoming back RP Eddy, the CEO of Ergo, a 15-year global consulting firm that has been working on COVID-19 and helping companies plan for the return to work from day one. In our last episode, we talked about Ergo's return to work forum and how it has provided members with an expert-driven roadmap to mitigate risk and confidently manage the resumption of a post-pandemic office life. However, the return to work process isn't just about safe workplace, And today, RP is back to talk about managing through uncertainty and how companies can emerge stronger post-pandemic. So, RP, again, thank you so much for joining. And before we jump back into the content here, do us a favor. Please remind all of our listeners about your history and your credentials working within public health, please. Well, thanks, Melissa. It's great to be back. Um, I had the real pleasure of being a director at the White House National Security Council, where I was a principal architect of the first White House pandemic response plan, um, which was which is the plan that bought a lot of the ventilators and masks that were of some value to us during the COVID-19 outbreak. Then I became a WHO official, the World Health Organization official, where I was an architect of something called the Global Fund for HIV, AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria, which was a... Uh, uh, a large fund for the developing world to, to combat those diseases. Um, and uh, with my co-author, Richard Clark, we wrote a best-selling book called Warnings, Finding Cassandras to Stop Catastrophes that predicted in 2017 um, a pandemic, uh, very much like the one we are just living through. So I, I have a background in these topics. And um, you know, as I said last time, Ergo un- wasn't surprised. Unfortunately, we weren't surprised to find ourselves here And so we were able to really work with some world-class experts to help our clients navigate um, an extraordinary and horrible time in our history. My goodness. Well, first, thank you for that. Um, We are, again, so lucky to have you join with us and bring your expertise and all of the content that you've developed with these world leaders. Um, It is an absolute treat for us to have your insight here. Well, we love prestige. So thanks for all the work you do. (laughs) Of course. So we left off in our last conversation talking about how we're looking to return to work, but what does that look like now, right? We have the risks associated with the new Delta variant. We have a huge spectrum of vaccination rates and what is common within the areas. So that now poses a completely different risk for each organization, right? No two companies are facing the same type of scenario. So knowing that there's so much uncertainty and there's so much that we don't know that is happening and so much is coming down the pike, right? Just a lot of things all the time. Based on these unknowns, what can companies now move forward with confidently, right? What are we looking at now of just what are our next steps? If being an HR executive wasn't hard enough in the last 99 years, doing it this year was a bit crazy, right? You have a tremendous (laughs) amount of things you have to deal with all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. All eyes are on you to ensure that not only the employees are safe, but they're back. Where did all my mothers go? You know, women, mothers particularly, left the workforce in droves. You can imagine why. 
uh, minorities have left the workforce in droves, and you can imagine why. This this has been a huge shakeup. There's also a big shakeup in the balance of power between capital and labor, between employees and management. And of course, there's all sorts of questions. But let's let's make sure we cover down on your first question here, which is how do we do this safely? Job one, let's do it safely. So you got to get your vaccination strategy right. We can talk about that if you like. Inside your office place, um, air ventilation. So I mentioned in our last conversation, the arc of the disease, meaning what's going to happen throughout seasons. We've learned COVID-19 is a seasonal disease. You should expect more disease in the winter. We also talked about the positivity rates in different counties. You should know the positivity rate in your county. Third thing, obviously, is the vaccination rate of your employees. All three of those things you need to be aware of, and they're all very easily gettable. Once you understand that, you'll understand the risk of your employees in the office or, or anywhere. It could be at a bar in the neighborhood. And anywhere they are together in an enclosed space, you know, there is there is the risk begins to, to increase. So some of those safety steps are vaccinations, yes. Air ventilation, it's a long-term investment, very important. It's a lesson from the 1919 flu pandemic. You know, can you keep the windows open in Minnesota in the winter? Probably not. What are you gonna do to keep the air moving? If you could smell a rotten fish in the office, your air is not moving well enough. I'm not suggesting you bring a fish in and test it. Use your imagination. Mask wearing, what are you gonna do about unvaccinated employees? What are you gonna do about asking employees about vaccination status? What are you gonna do about masks? What counts as a mask? Punchline, it ain't a bandana. It is at least a surgical mask. Um, and then finally, as I mentioned before, look for those local metrics. How much vaccine coverage is in your area? How much vaccine coverage in your staff? What are the case levels in your area? And, and, and you nailed it, Melissa. It's not one side fits all. Every company is making its own trade-offs here. It's so true. So thank you for that reminder. I, I, you know, there's been a huge push in safety measures. I think that is something that we've kind of all got locked down on because when it comes to business management and HR and just the growth of an organization, we like black and white. We like, can we do this? Can we do that? What about this? Give me the numbers. Give me the metrics. So what about the non-safety topics, right? So we talk about a work culture or you know, employees who enjoy working from home now. There's so many other factors now. Let's say you get all of these health concerns out of the way and you've got that figured out and you know how you're gonna do it. And now you're stuck still though with your staff who are people and individuals who just went through the craziest year and a half of their life. What responsibilities or action can an organization take to now navigate that? I like your expression about how we like things black and white. We don't want vagaries. And um, and please understand that's kind of what we're trying to do in this forum. We're working together with some of the world's best experts, um, professors at Harvard, Stanford, Yale, uh, top people at Wharton and others who are real experts on the disease, experts on workplace, experts on culture, experts on efficiency, experts on HR, legal experts. And what we want to do is not make any guesses. We don't want to be guessing at a time that is as critical and as high opportunity as this. Yes, it's high risk, but what an opportunity to rewrite your business. What an opportunity to win that war in talent. And how, how are we going to do that together, right? So so what you're describing, I think, is what we call sort of the next normal. How are you going to rebuild with innovation to emerge stronger from this? Imagine going to your CEO or your board members right now and saying, instead of like the panic or the fight over the politics, all the things that are happening, I got a plan how we're going to be a better business in, in quarter after quarter after quarter. And, and it, it begins with people and it ends with people, right? So let's start with this. 
it's actually began in after 9-11 and with the boom of the internet, but we have seen a huge shift in power between human capital and management. So studies have showed this over and over that there's this, this increase in power and it's sort of best understood as, as you interview more recent generations versus previous generations, they're interviewing you. They're less interested in staying at a company for their entire lifespan. They're more interested in what, what is called the work-life balance. The war for talent is more about their personal journey. It's less about them feeling that they are contributing to a corporate success. You obviously have massive wealth disparities you need to manage now. So things are much, much harder. There's a new generation, a new set of ideals, and all those things are changing. COVID-19 accelerated them, right? So the punchline is employees now have unprecedented leverage and power. You've heard of this expression, the great resignation. People have talked about how, how many people have left the workforce. It is real. And businesses are in the position to have to sell themselves employees. That's the punchline. And if you're curious about this, Jeff Bezos, as we're recording this, just shot off into space on a you know some trillion dollar adventure. And he came under a lot of criticism from um, his employees and from sort of the body politique or the you know sort of different pundits for quote unquote wasting that money while he has a number of wage employees who are working in a pretty tough situation. So th that's just an example of what this looks like. So the best leaders again are concerned about and trying to win in inside this new conversation about culture, productivity, talent development, um, because the employees aren't going to. They're not going to come back um, as easily as they were in, say, you know, before the pandemic hit. There's a lot of changes that are going to matter here. Um, and, and the firms that get that right are going to be the firms that win. So that's going to be about balancing in office. Well, I'll stop there. But yeah. No, that you bring up a really good point, because I think a lot of businesses are trying to run <laughs> from these potential challenges. Right. Nobody wants to sit there and be like, oh, gosh, this model that I've had for 15 years now has to change in order for me to maintain my staff. I mean, that's hard. That is very hard. And no one's trying to take, you know, an unempathetic approach to this. But at the same time, we want to see businesses thrive. We want to see employees employed and we want to see it being done happily, especially after the past year and a half. Nobody has time, <laughs> you know, to be under such, um, you know, how do you say just that lack of work-life balance, right? This this past year has really changed the perspective and what it means to be an employee and an individual and how do the two even work together anymore, right? So now comes the challenge of acknowledging the fact that this is a challenge and that it needs to be addressed. And then there comes, well, what do we actually do about that, right? Do we do we do surveys? Do we just make a decision in a vacuum and roll it out to say this is the new policy? Do we hope it just goes back to normal after a couple months and people just forget all this ever happened, right? Like just ha that is the next challenge now is really saying, okay, we see it's a problem, but what are we actually going to do? There you go. And, and you're being forced to answer those questions as an HR exec or as a C-suite or as the board right now. You don't have a decade to figure it out. You don't have the privilege of bringing in a bunch of consulting firms to redesign your practice. If you want to win at this moment of dynamism, you got to make decisions right away. And if you're trying to guess at it, or if you're trying to rely, rely on the huge mess that is the current media, you're not going to optimize this opportunity. So that's why we're all trying, we're getting together with the top human resource officers around the world. Uh, we have some of the largest corporations in the country joining us in this return to work form. And as I said before, some of the best experts 
in a very regimented format where we're going through the key questions you just asked together. We're being educated by academics. We're being educated by our peers. We're looking at survey data. Let me give an example. Let's talk about one I think is unbelievably important. Working parents and primary caregivers, mostly moms, left the workforce in droves during the pandemic. They're gone. And, and um, one of our experts is a woman from Brown University named Emily Oster. And she described it as, um, you know, one of the great setbacks for women in the workforce in history. So, and I'll tell you, um, the, 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 the employers who lost those women need to be looking back now and saying that they you have to recognize that there were they did not offer enough options for the women to succeed during that period and now is the chance to build back with more resources more flexibility to ensure you bring them back to the workforce and then empower them to stay in the workforce and to grow within your organization as leaders and ultimately to look at your board and make sure you have proper dni representation on that board diversity and inclusion on that board and that women are sitting in that boardroom and in that c-suite right so so and and that's an area where we are we're working on that together what does it mean to recruit these women what are the um, the flexibilities you need to offer in the workplace and, and how do you do that? Because we all know, I mean, it's implicit, but I want to make sure I'm explicit about it. You'll suffer as a firm if you don't have diversity inclusion. You'll suffer if you don't have working moms in your workforce. It's a good, you, you will be a worse firm for it. So you got to fight for them and get them back. Similar issue with people of color, and this is a tougher one. Survey data tells us right now that people of color are actually more comfortable and satisfied working remotely. That's not in every organization, but on mass, this is what the survey data shows us, that they prefer flexibility of remote work. They, they prefer not having to navigate office place dynamics. And this, A, might be a signal to you. What do you learn from this? If you're noting, if you're noting statistically you're losing people of color, what are you learning from this? You may want to learn you have to change your diversity, equity, and inclusion resources. You may want to learn you increase your flexibility. So there's a lot of data, particularly in large organizations, that's going to be coming to you as to who wants to come to work, who back to work, who who's doing it, who's leaving, who's not. We're helping our clients form those surveys and analyze that data and work on it all together. I could go on and on and on, but look, leadership's different than it was before. It is a new definition of leadership, and the firms that get that right, that realize results obviously matter, impact also obviously matters, but you can't get those without your team. You can't get those without your people, and they're demanding more of you now, and things have changed now. So right now, the most important person in the C-suite, most important person in the E-team of organization, bar none, is the head of HR, because they are going to, the good ones are going to lead their corporations to huge variabilities, huge success over others in this moment, and the, the bad ones are not. So we're trying to work on that all collectively and make sure we're not making guesses and we're, we're, we're using the best science and the most novel ideas to do this properly. So thank you, because I think what I'm getting from all of this in this conversation is that we are looking way beyond just the work that's being produced now and who's doing it. Right, because from exactly. what we're seeing is they hold the key to the future of these businesses and getting on their side and getting their quote unquote buy-in is what's going to move the business forward. And that is a huge shift. But it, as you said before, full circle, it's the opportunity now. If we reframe from seeing it as a challenge and something to fight as more of an opportunity and a space now to change and grow, I mean, not to sound dramatic or anything, but like we're looking at a limitless opportunity now for the direction a business can go in. 
and it opens up so many different avenues for growth and rebuilding after what we've all experienced collectively. You should join our next forum, Melissa. I want you to share that. That's exactly right, right? So this is a moment for highly considered purposeful thinking. There is a moment of dynamic change. HR executives have such an opportunity to make a mark right now, such an opportunity to change their firms for the positive in a way that has not happened in our life, lifetimes. It hasn't happened in 90 years. I mean, depending on how you wanna look at your map or your calendar, this is a big change for thoughtful, purposeful communication, study, transparency, engagement. You know, really getting this right is gonna set organizations on the right foot for decades to come. Um, and and let's hope, let's hope we don't have to have be, be faced with another <laughs> seismic event like this. We might. And so the firms that are well positioned now are certainly going to be more resilient in the future, too. Absolutely. And not to say that it's not possible for everybody, but I can tell you in my experience working with multiple organizations over the past year through this, the ones in the beginning who saw this as an opportunity to strengthen processes and enhance the employee experience and to get on board with just a new way of doing business, even in the world of the unknown, them so today are not scrambling with more unknowns for returning to work, right? They got on board a year ago and they're doing okay, right? So there is something to say about that where it doesn't mean that you're always gonna be having to plan. It means you're doing your future business a favor by taking care of these items now. And I think that is something to be said just about, we spend a lot of time panicking instead of just taking action. And so you have brought so much insight to this conversation and you have really simplified a very hectic situation. And it's really fantastic to have this experience and to bring this available to our listeners who they can hear like, okay, yeah, we went through collectively something absolutely insane but let's boil it down to the next three things that this organization can do, and you take it from there. You got it. The future is susceptible to research. With the world's best experts and working collectively, we can nail this down to evidence-based results and answers. And so for if you're an HR executive out there, just think about it from a very selfish personal point of view. You have a chance now, like you never had before, to teach your C-suite about how this company needs to change and when. It can be your work, your authorship, you know, you can bring forward the evidence-based research from the world's best experts, the survey data, the plans in a very clear, concise way um, and forever change that business into the way it's going to need to be to win. And HR execs aren't offered that opportunity very often. And CEOs now know they need to listen in a way they never did before. This is a special moment. Absolutely. RP, I cannot thank you enough for sharing all of this today with us and all of our listeners. Thank you. A real pleasure. Thanks so much. Of course. And for those listening in to learn more about Ergo's Return to Work Forum and everything we've talked about today, again, please visit their website, www.ergo.net, that is E-R-G-O. And to all of our listeners, check out more episodes of HR in 15 on your favorite podcast app or visit www.hrin15.com. Until next time. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit PrestigePEO.com.